Hey, what is going on, everyone? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is a place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts. We got a little bit to talk about today, so we're going to get right into it uh, with the word on the street. And uh, today we'll be doing a quick uh, Trump update. Uh, we have some new material to go over that I just came across. And then uh, we are having, well, there are some uh, testimony being conducted today, probably at this very moment. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about what's going to go on today and through the rest of the week with this and of course as as new details emerge i'll be updating but for today uh there's been some uh emails some private emails uh that have been leaked of course when i say leaked it's been in the ether for a while now but they're letting the public know finally about this i'm coming across this if you want to look this up you can too uh in a private testimony last week u.s official david holmes uh claimed he had overheard uh eu ambassador gordon Sondland just uh in the same uh in the same vein that bill taylor did as well uh they they both overheard this conversation uh however david uh david holmes was able to recall statements like president Zelensky loves your ass those were the statements that he claims he heard uh coming from um i believe it was uh gordon sondland uh and again gordon sondland uh we will find out a little bit more just a just a little bit of a, of a breakdown about who he is and what his figure is uh gordon sondland um is i believe the head of the eu yes he is the head of the eu right now the eu uh, the eu ambassador is, is what i what do you want to say he's the ambassador to the of the eu currently the european union uh which includes all the european countries including ukraine russia so on and so forth uh so the acting eu ambassador right now uh recently before so uh so you know, with the the ta table of facts that we have now, Sondland, of course, is one of the big. I would say right next to, of course, this was Trump's plan. Probably Trump and Mulvaney. Actually, uh, Rudy Giuliani, Trump, Mulvaney will go down to Mulvaney, and then uh, the next key pl uh, key player in that would be Gordon Sondland. So right, probably under Mulvaney in terms of. Uh, the groundwork in the Ukraine and also the groundwork, I believe, and also the State Departments and all the uh, all the people dealing with the Bill Taylors and the George Kents, the people last week, uh, you know, be, being interviewed last week. That's pretty much who Gordon Sondland was in charge of and what his role. Uh, so he would basically, like I said, uh, it would, I, from what I'm piecing together, from what I'm trying to understand, it looks as though uh, Rudy Giuliani probably uh, spearheaded this in terms of the idea. Well, maybe him and Trump probably brainstormed the idea, and it looks like Mulvaney kind of oversaw it, and it looks like Jordan uh, Gordon Sondland, excuse me, uh, carried this out under you know under all these pretenses, so on and so forth. Um, so he will be in, uh, he and a former White House, White House aide uh, will be uh, publicly testifying on Thursday. So in a couple days from now, today you'll be having eight people testify. Like I said, uh, it's probably going on currently right now because of course this is all East Coast time. Uh, now there are, like I said, there are some new leaked emails. I have to get into these as well. Of course, again, with the word, the keyword, the keyword here, leaked, I will put some quotations around that because again, this news has probably been around in the upper echelons of the media and also, of course, in the State Department and in Washington. These people know about it. But again, this is 
kind of news for us if you want to count it that uh these are some email exchange uh exchanges between uh gordon Sondland and also mike mulvaney only two uh but just to kind of get you an idea of exactly what's going on and it kind of solidifies where each of these two play a part uh gordon, gordon Sondland will go on to email mike mulvaney i talked to Zelensky just now he is prepared prepared to receive uh, the president's call uh, will will assure him that he intends to run a fully transparent investigation uh, that will turn over turn over every stone. Bam, uh, Mulvaney responds with, I asked the National Security Council to set up the call for tomorrow. Of course, the National Security Council, if I'm not mistaken, uh, deals with all the funding, deals with everything that you've been, everything that we've been speaking about in terms of uh, the payment and, and with the withholding the payment. Again, these are all parties that are connected. So um, it definitely it definitely shows to me with this this email right here that there was a definite call to put a hold on the on the funding for the Ukraine and also uh, there was a clear there was a hold and also in order to clear that hold uh, there needed to be some type of an announcement for an investigation by President Zelensky that is confirmed here within that first uh, email here he goes on to say like I said um, they intend to run a fully transparent investigation period point blank again this is not this is you know when I say it's been leaked again it's just been made news to us this has been traveling and surfacing around and bubbling around the ether I'm pretty sure for a while now this has been out there again we as the public are kind of kept a little bit just a few steps behind because again we're not in we're not in it we're not involved and we're not you know behind those closed doors so we're gonna find it out a little bit later but again this puts it kind of together like if you're charting a piece, piece like a little tree together you know like the fbi do they got the little you know rubber bands and they starting to you know you probably have trump at the top and then of course it goes down to to mulvaney then you have sunderland and then you know so both of these all three of these guys have kind of, well, of course you have that that odd man out with giuliani we're still and, and giuliani he's definitely in there he's definitely uh been a part of that mix as trump's right hand man so you can actually put him at the top of that pyramid as well so again it's trickling down and the question now is because again there's so many different stories that are coming out so many different so many different uh well first and foremost this is all true these though these testimonies are true at least for the most part and they corroborate previous testimonies uh, as far as the emails go these are real and legit so the question leads in because again there's always again so back to my point there's always a new layer to this coming out almost every day there's almost a new accusation coming out between somebody involved every day so the question really is can the democrats stay focused what are they actually going to be pushing here uh i know there's a case definitely a case for bribery that's what they've been trying to do now you have tampering uh more obstruction from the president because of last week him attacking uh, a bribe uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Marie uh, Ivanovich uh, during her testimony last week. So you have some more, uh, you have some more details here. Uh, but again, it's still, I'm still trying to figure it all out myself. We're having, there's more public testimonies today. We will be figuring out this as it goes along. I'll be posting it here for you guys. So for today, I'm going to keep it kind of short and kind of simple. Just kind of just pointing out what's going on. There's going to be eight 
uh, eight interviews this week, eight testimonies this week. Uh, of course, including Gordon Sondland, uh, the current active uh, EU ambassador. Uh, again, what we do know now is that there's been a, a pattern of well, there well with the new emails. Uh, it confirms that again, the point of the hold on the Ukraine aid was to have an investigation launched and conducted. Again, uh, the rate, the aid eventually was received anyways without a conduct, without a investigation being done because of course we have the whistleblower, but we have all the intent we need right here. Uh, and I guess the question is now, what else are we going to find out? Oh, also far let you go on this on this front. Uh, Trump also offered to 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 put up his own testimony. So this is going to go crazy, especially if Trump decides to get his own testimony. I'd like to see it. Uh, there's been some real talk amongst the, amongst the Republicans. Uh, that there is some concern about the Gordon Sutherland, uh, Gordon Sutherland testimony because, of course, of how involved he was. And in all reality, uh, he truly doesn't know what's going on. Of course, he's not a career diplomat. He was a um, hotel owner, something like that, a resort type owner. So, again, Trump is putting his buddies all in these different positions and power, and they don't even know what they're doing. And, of course, because of that, it's called favoritism. Things are starting to be exposed. They're exposing themselves. Uh, so, again, I'm going to let it play itself out. And the more that I can better understand it, I'll be presenting it to you. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. This is not going to be a super long show today. Uh, when I come back, though, I'll be going over uh, three takeaways from week 11, and also we'll be talking some Monday Night Football, and then we'll be wrapping everything up with some NBA action. All right, y'all, I will be right back. I am back. Let's talk some Monday Night Football. Uh, of course, last night we had an AFC matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs win this one 24-17. They go to 7-4 in a year. The Chargers drop to 4-7. and uh, Let's break down the stats for the Chiefs on offense. They were led by Pat Mahomes. He would go 19-32 but 182 yards. He would also throw for a touchdown and also throw a pick as well. But he was a leading rusher with 59 rushing yards. Uh, Damian Williams would provide a touchdown on the ground as well, and so would LaShawn McCoy. Uh, tight end Travis Kelsey was a leading Chiefs receiver with seven catches, 92 yards, and also a touchdown. On defense, Kansas City was led by uh, safety Daniel Sorensen. He would have eight total tackles and an interception. Tyron Matthew would have eight total tackles and an interception as well. And defensive back Rashad Fenton would have three total tackles and an interception. For the Chargers, uh, of course, Phillip Rivers got the start. He did not have a great game. He would 28 of 52 for 353 yards. He would throw for one touchdown, but he also threw four picks. Uh, Melvin Gordon will lead the Chargers on the ground, which is 69 yards. And Austin Eckler will be the leading receiver at the running back spot with eight catches and 108 yards. Wide receiver Ken Allen would have uh, eight catches with 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, on defense, the Chargers were led by safety. Jalen Watkins, he would have 11 total tackles. Linebacker Thomas Davis would have 12 total tackles. And linebacker Melvin Ingram would have five total tackles and an interception. Uh, so to take away from this game here, I still think uh, the AFC West now uh, with the Raiders winning another game, the Chiefs, of course, still winning. 
I think it could go neck and neck, and I think that game against Kansas City, uh, I'm not saying it could go either way, but I definitely, uh, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, the Raiders are a favorite in that in that game or whatever or anything like that, uh, but I think that game there could go a long way in determining what happens um, in, terms of, in terms of the division. I think the Raiders can come in that, into that game with a winning record. We already know what we're pretty much going to get from the Chiefs. Uh, so, look, I think... Um, we're looking at a game that pretty much determines the AFC West Championship. Uh, the Raiders have come a long way. They didn't really look extremely great uh, last weekend uh, versus the versus the Bengals, but a, a win is a win, and they are over 500, and they are within at least a game of the division. So I think that game uh, really um, takes a step up uh, later on this year. Uh, and as far as Phillip Rivers is concerned, the Chargers are concerned, I'll talk a little bit more about, well, at least about Phillip Rivers in just a little bit. Uh, but let's talk about some three key takeaways that I got from week 11. And my first is that Lamar Jackson is the MVP. Um, of course, well, as of today, he is. Of course, we have a whole rest of the season to play out. But as of now, if the season were to end today, he'd be my candidate for the MVP. Uh, he's completed 66% of his passes for 2,258 yards. He has 19 touchdowns to just five interceptions he also has 788 rushing yards on six touchdowns last week was a really great game uh he just he pretty much destroyed uh well, him and the rest of the Ravens destroyed the Houston Texans. Uh, last week, he would go 17-24 to 24 for 222 yards and four touchdowns. So this is a man who uh, definitely has the wheels in terms of being able to run. Uh, he's definitely developing the arm as well, which is just as important, which is not or even more important. So as of now, I got I got Lamar Jackson in that um, in that driver spot in terms of uh, in terms of the MVP. Now, uh, the segue to my next point is about another quarterback, Phillip Rivers. I think this is the opposite. I think Phillip Rivers is on the end of the road. Uh, the Chargers are currently 4-7 this season. There was a lot of hype for this team coming into the year. Uh, they were second in the division last year. I think they had 12 wins, uh, but they've it's been a far cry from this year. And over the last three weeks, of course, uh, well, Phillip Rivers actually has okay numbers, but over the last few weeks, he's he's definitely regressed. Uh, he's had four touchdowns to just eight to, to eight interceptions over the last three weeks. So again, I think he's falling off a little bit. I think there's too much going on with the with the Chargers right now with the. Uh, organization. They don't even know if they want to stay in LA uh, forever. Of course, he's getting older already, and I think he's just having uh, somewhat of a miserable time right now. So, I, and I don't know how much longer he has there. Uh, it's not like it was a few years ago where he had dominant receivers or at least a dominant tight end and a really good offensive line. He's getting a lot of hits in this year. The running backs and the running game in general has not really provided the help that it's supposed to, and it's been really a struggle. I've been seeing it, and you can see it in his numbers at least the past few weeks he has a 14 and 10 uh touchdown and interception ratio on the year uh but like i said over the past few weeks it's been a real struggle and i don't think that it gets easier for him either so i think he's near the end of the world maybe you give him one more year but i think if this year specifically ends bad uh like they end four and 12 or something like that maybe even five and five and eleven I think he does some real soul searching uh, over the offseason, and it might even be if he does end up playing, it might be like a last second uh, thing. Uh, he's gonna definitely do some thinking. It's just, it's just, it just feels that way. I can see his, uh, just me and my opinion, and what I can see in his body, uh, body language, and, and just how he's talking about the sport right now. 
but that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, my final point of the week, though, my final takeaway of the week, though, is I still think the drivers are uh, sorry, the Niners are still in the driver's seat of the NFC. Uh, they currently have a 9-1 overall record. Of course, they did lose a couple weeks ago uh, to the Seahawks. Uh, but again, I, I think they should be able to to, to right this ship. Uh, they this is their well, they are on the verge, their first winning season since 2013. Uh, so let's let's give them some props for that. Uh, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a part of this. He is a nominee uh, for the FedEx Air Player of the Week. Uh, last week against Arizona, he would have a 75% completion percentage for 424 yards. He would also throw four touchdowns uh, and two picks. Um, and again, uh, they also got Debo Samuel. He is a nominee for Pepsi Rookie of the Week. He would have eight catches and 154 yards versus Arizona. Uh, outside of the offensive stats, we already know this is one of the top uh, scoring defensive teams in the, in the league. If I'm not mistaken, they are second with around eight, less than eight points a game allowed. So uh, this team is controlling it on both sides of the ball. I still think their weakness is at the wide receiver spot. Um, I think Debo Samuel is definitely emerging, especially with the performance that I saw last week. I still think they have some questions there. They do have Greg Kittle there. Uh, so I don't think it shows up. I don't think it shows up right now, but I think if you get to the playoffs, a team with with some great secondaries, uh, with some with some great secondaries, could give this team some some trouble. Uh, but I don't see that happening through the course of the rest of this regular season. I think the Niners uh, finishes finish this year. I would say with three losses max. Um, and I'm not. A, this is coming from a non-fan. I'm just looking at the way that they play. I see this team winning three, losing three games max. That's me. Um, all right, y'all, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, we have some scores to go over from last night. We're going to start off in the Eastern Conference. And the Knicks, uh, they get a win uh, last night. They, they beat out the Cavaliers 123 to 125. Up next, we have a somewhat of a, well, no, not an upset, not at least in the, in the course of this year. Uh, the Pacers have been playing pretty well. Uh, they beat the Nets in this one 115 to 86. The Pacers are now 8 and 6. The Nets are now 5 and 8. Uh, let's break down the stats in this one for the Pacers. Uh, they got tons of help from the Holiday Brothers, Aaron and Justin. Aaron would have 24 points also six uh six rebounds and 13 assists as far as justin goes he would have 20 points two assists uh two assists and four rebounds four tj warren would have 19 points and six rebounds and four demonte sabonis yes for my blazers fans his dad is arvita sabonis we know about we know about it he got some skills i know he does 19.6 rebounds pretty good game from the Pacers. Uh, for the Nets, they were led by guard Spencer Dinwiddie, who had 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 5, uh, five 28, sorry, 28 points, 8 assists, and 5 rebounds. And between you and me, uh, low-key Spencer Dinwiddie is one of my favorite uh, point guards, and I feel like he's a little bit underrated, especially if you look at what he was able to do last year. Look at some of his numbers. Look at some of those games last year. Uh, you follow him, what he's doing. Uh, especially in the last two years, he's been definitely up cranking his output and his production. Um, I, de I definitely like Spencer Dinwiddie. And um, the Nets also got help from center Jared Allen. He would have 10 points and 12 rebounds. Up next, we have another Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, this time, the Raptors get it done against the Hornets, 132 to 96. Uh, up next, we have a th another East Coast matchup, another Eastern Conference matchup. We have the Bucks getting it done against the Bulls, 115 to 101. The Bucks are now 10 and 3. The Bulls are 4 and 10. 
win uh, for the Bucks. They were led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Of course, he would have 33 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. Brooke Lopez would also help out with 19 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. And uh, point guard George Hill uh, would have 18 points and 4 rebounds coming off the bench. Uh, for the Bulls, they were led by Daniel uh, Daniel Gafford, uh, the center. He had 21 points and 5 assists off the bench. And rookie guard Kobe White would have 15 points. 15 points, excuse me, coming off the bench. Up next, we have our first Western Conference matchup. And again, my Blazers take another L this time to the Rockets, 132-108. to Up next, we have the Mavericks getting it done by 7 against the Spurs, 117-110. to The Mavericks are now 8-5. The Spurs moved down to 5-9. Uh, let's break down the stats in this one. For the Spurs, they were led by DeMar DeRozan. He would have 36 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. LaMarcus Aldridge would give him 16, give the Spurs 16 uh 16 points, 8 rebounds, and also 2 assists. For the Mavericks, of course, Luka Doncic would have a night. He would have 42 points, 12 assists, and 11 rebounds. Forward Darian Finney-Smith would have 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. And finally, Kristaps Porzingis would have 18 points and 10 rebounds. Moving on, uh, we have a interconference matchup between the Celtics and the, uh, the Celtics and the Suns. The Celtics were able to get the win last night. 99 to 85 uh, for the Celtics they are 11 and 2 the Suns uh, Suns 7 and 5 for the Celtics they were led by Jason Tatum he had 26 points 11 rebounds and 3 assists Kimber Walker will provide 19 and uh, 19 points 5 assists and 2 rebounds and Marcus Smart was able to get 17 points 4 assists rebounds for the Suns uh, Devin Booker will lead the way for them getting 20 points and four assists Kelly Oubre Jr. Kelly Oubre Jr. was the second leading scorer with 15 points and six rebounds up next we have the Timberwolves beating the Jazz 112 to 102 and uh, finally we got the, the Thunder beating the Clippers 88 to 90 uh, the Thunder are now five sorry the Thunder lose to the Clippers 88 to 90 the Thunder are now five and eight the Clippers are now nine and five for the uh, for the Thunder, uh, Chris Paul will lead the way for them. He would he would get 22 points, four rebounds, and four assists. And forward Danilo Gallinari would have 14 points, five five rebounds, and two assists. For the Clippers, Montrez Harrell will lead them. He would have 28 points, 12 rebounds, and five assists. And Paul George would have 18 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. And again, uh, Kyrie, I'm sorry, not Kyrie, but Kawhi Leonard will miss his third straight game. He is dealing with a knee contusion. All right, y'all, I'm calling it a wrap for today. Uh, I will try to be back. Yes, I will try to be back tomorrow. Uh, that will put us at Wednesday. Yeah, I will give you guys uh, uh, basically a week 12 preview for the NFL. I'll be giving you guys my top eight power rankings. I'll also be giving you guys three questions going into the week. If some news comes up, I'll be happy now for you guys as well. Uh, also, the new college football playoff rankings will be coming out tonight. So I'll be presenting that to you guys tomorrow. And um, of course, we have the, the word on the street as well so look out for that all right y'all if you are trying to get in touch with me you can hit me up on my email that is at ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is e-l-j butler uh, b-u-t-l-e-r 75 at gmail.com once again that's ljbutler75 at gmail.com e-l-j butler75 at gmail.com you can also hit me up on facebook or and or instagram at l jamar johnny that is e l j a m a h 
A-L-J-A-M-A-H-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is L-Jamal-Johnny, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Also, the Facebook page for the show as well, at Never Out of Bounds. You can take a look, uh, took a look there. Uh, once again, that is Never Out of Bounds. That is the name of the page. Of course, the same name as the show. All right, now, I'm going to call the raffle today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I will holler at you guys later.